Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Winchester Radio. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about the episode Made of Fiction, uh, written by Robbie Thompson and directed by longtime Supernatural director Thomas J. Wright, who I also believe is directing the finale this year. Um, right to the episode... We do not have wow. any uh, guests. <laughs> I was, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just going to say we don't have a guest related to tonight's episode. So in a little bit, after the hosts have had a chance to talk about it a little bit, if you have a question or a comment, you can call us. Uh, that number is 347-205-9801. Um, this is Becky. I just want to say that I, I there was parts of the episode I really liked, the majority of it I wasn't that crazy about. Um, to me, the highlights of the episode were Curtis Armstrong and Tom O'Pennicott. They were excellent. Um, it was great seeing uh, Richard Spade again, of course, but I feel like they did a disservice to him and that we have no idea if he's a lot, if, you know, Gabriel's alive or not. So I was kind of upset with that. But yeah, overall, I was pretty, pretty much disappointed in the episode, especially... Today, um, you know, we watched the um, TNT Marathon. We tweeted, uh, we live-tweeted the marathon. Um, seeing all of the past season episodes and then, you know, knowing the episodes we've had, you know, this year, it's just pretty, pretty disappointing. It used to be so amazing. Supernatural is just so amazing. And now it's like a completely different show. I kind of want to say the same thing, and I don't remember if this was all three of us tweeting, uh, texting each other before, or it was just me and Becky. But um, oh no, I was talking to you on the phone yesterday while I was grocery shopping. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's one of those things where Supernatural has done meta episodes for over half its, you know, over half its life. There's always been kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge moments going back really far. The difference is the nuance of it. It can be something as small as in Hollywood Babylon or Fallen Idols, you have, you know, the nod to Gilmore Girls or to House of Wax. But you don't have to know who Jared Padalecki is and his past work to get the joke. There's a joke within a joke there. So, and with the French mistake, it's the same thing. You don't have to know that Jared Padalecki married... You don't have to know that Sam and Ruby are married in real life to get the joke of, ha-ha, Sam married Ruby. It works on two levels. You don't have to know that Jensen was on Days of Our Lives to think that the idea of Dean being on Days of Our Lives is funny. There's nuances. You have to make jokes work. You have to make lines work. You have to make your story work 
for the general audience as well as your fanatical audience. But I feel like this season is written solely for us on the fanatical side because I watch with people who aren't in fandom and they're increasingly confused because they're not in online fandom. You can be online. You can have a Twitter. You can have, you know, you can do all this stuff. You know, Facebook. But it doesn't mean you're in fandom. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like this show is one big episode of Know Your Meme. I shouldn't have to Google a meme to understand an episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree, yeah. And, you know, that's not to say that there weren't well-done well moments of this episode or episodes in this season. And it's not to say that... I, clearly, these are writers that can do it. You know, the same writer, this is Robbie. Robbie gave us Charlie, who is beloved. Not necessarily by me, but beloved in general. <laughs> I, have my, I have my issues with Charlie, but that's neither here nor there. I'm very much a minority in that, whether you're talking on the fanatical side or the general audience side. General audience side, for the most part, doesn't care about her either way or likes her. Fandom really likes her. I walk alone. I accept that. But he also gives us Kane. And firstborn, I will say 70% of that episode I really love. And the parts I don't love, I don't hate. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I think yeah. I think my problem with this episode is I felt like I was watching an episode that was scolding me. That was telling me I was wrong for caring about the details, wrong for caring about the history of the show, the inception of the show, the details of the show that make all of us on the fanatic side identify each other. You know, there's a difference mm-hmm. between, you know, sitting around with a coworker and then being like, oh, yeah, I watched that show with those two dudes in the car. And you're like... Yeah, yeah, I do too. That's completely different than walking into a convention or walking into or walking onto Twitter and doing and just simply saying carry on wayward son and having ten to a hundred people immediately tell you immediately favorite your tweet or tell you I see what you did there. Those are the things that keep a show going. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to take that away yeah. from me, then let me go. Yeah, I I agree with you completely. And, you know, like you said, Robbie is an excellent writer. I mean, he wrote two of my all-time favorite episodes, Flash Fiction and First Born, you know, two amazing episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just this season started out with so, so much potential. I was so excited when the season started. And here, you know, this last half of the season has just been a big letdown. It's just mm-hmm. been not at all what, you know, I don't think it's lived up to its potential at all. There's just been, just been really disappointing. Wait, if you're going to say something nice, like really positive, let me say one more thing so I don't bring your positivity back down. I feel like 
Go ahead. It's okay. Here's my here's my here's my other issue. You can give me a fantastic season finale. If twenty two and twenty three are just like boom, mind blown, that's great. But you really drag me down for twenty one episodes, or let's say seventeen episodes. Because the first couple episodes, I was really I was really excited. I was excited. I vacillate between feeling like watching the show has become an obligation, I'm watching it out of loyalty, and I find myself on occasion grudge-watching it. This is a show that I very much love and at one point was in love with, and to grudge-watch it feels like my heart is breaking every week, which is super dramatic considering I actually have tears in my eyes as I'm saying this. <laughs> so understand that I know I'm being super dramatic about it. But that's the point. Like, it is a fanaticism, and not everybody is fanatical in the same way, which is why you have to write to a general audience rather than a fanatic audience. Because at the end of the day, mm. your fanatic audience is smaller. It's more niche. It's a niche. Yes. And I think you make a mistake writing for what you think represents the majority, but just because a group is louder than others doesn't mean they speak for everybody. And like you said, the the common audience that just thinks it's a great, fun show about about uh, uh, the supernatural or horror or whatever, and you know they kind of will sit and scratch their head sometimes and go, I don't, you know, I don't get it. It's not written for me. So uh, the, in general, so yeah, I I think um, I think that's a little bit of a, a problem sometimes. Um, this episode, I thought, in a little bit of a continuing theme lately, ha- was a little bit more ambitious about things. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I again, uh, um, again, it, it's um. The previous meta episodes, like you said, sometimes were more subtle. Like even the French mistake, which is really over the top about stuff, it 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 still was grounded in the season arc. So about this episode, there were, I think, several great moments. Another thing I was going to say, I think this and not just this show, at least at this point in season nine. Um, you can't, it's hard to maintain for 22 or 23 episodes. We talk about like shows, I think we talked about this before, shows like The Walking Dead or even Sleepy Hollow. It was, it's 13 episodes, balls to the wall, done. Next 13, same thing. And so you can pack it all in and condense it and, and it goes a little bit better that, that way. And it, Supernatural, it's not the only show that, that, kind of meanders sometimes to their finale. I watch Hawaii Five-0. They're doing the same thing, meandering until 24 episodes with their season overall arc, and I, I, I get it. So, but conversely, Arrow, only the second season still has a ton of stuff and can get and can do 22 episodes that are boom, 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 boom. I think it's... it's there's a lot going on there. There's there's just the length of the seasons and stories told and still going on. And I, I would overall I would 
yeah, I I don't want I don't necessarily want to say that Supernatural should become a thirteen episode show because I don't don't technically want that. I think um, where I think where this season kind of took a misstep for me is that it started what is seemingly the A story of this uh, this season, which is the conflict between Sam and Dean. It started it too soon and allowed it to stagnate for so long because it had to stretch it out that it mm-hmm. just feels you don't feel sympathetic to either one of them right now. I don't. I really, well, I don't know. I might feel more sympathetic to Sam if he had words to say. I don't know, maybe. Um, and that's part of my problem, too. When, oh, I'm going to sound like a Sam girl saying this, but I want it to be, you know, that I'm saying this in an actual objective way, not in a I want my, my, want my character on screen more, because I don't necessarily want him on screen more. I want to understand what he's doing when he's there. I don't necessarily want quantity. I want quality for it. So I want that to be said at first. And while I don't disagree with previous seasons being Sam-centric, I think that's a completely valid assessment because, yeah, that was that's the show at the time. But we always knew what Dean was thinking, feeling, and doing as well. And it was a unit. It was a balance. And now I feel like I barely know what Dean is thinking and doing, let alone Sam. Mm. This is a fantastic show for all the other characters. And Sam and Dean are just kind of sitting there going, I don't like you. I don't like you. Oh, wait, you're in trouble. Let me save you. I'm worried. No, wait, I forgot. I don't like you. Scratch my arms. I was thinking thinking about in this episode that Sam forgot he was mad. And I thought... I was trying to sort of explain it, and I know it's kind of like when you're angry, as long as the other person is okay, but when they're not, and I've had that happen myself, you know, somebody just annoyed with me and blah, blah, and then all of a sudden I, I, I needed their help, and they just dropped being upset with me, never went back to it, and came to help me. So the foundation of Sam with Dean and Dean with Sam is they are brothers. They love each other. And, but Sam forgot he was angry and, and or, or has, or has knowingly set it aside, but I'd like to know which it is. <laughs> they haven't, they haven't discussed it. And I don't need them to like talk, talk and talk and talk and talk it to death, but I would like to know why yeah. Sam is worried about Dean and ha- and and maybe even if he says to Dean, Dean, I, I haven't forgotten. I'm angry, but you've got the mark of Cain on your arm. And by the way, I've said before that I didn't think Sam and Dean were worried enough about the mark of Cain. I have to add Castiel to that list, who is a little cranky. He's like, Dean, what did you do? But then, oh, go ahead. And by the way, Sam, take care of him. I would have said. You take care of them. You're the angel, <laughs> you know. With all no, I would have said, "Don't tell me to do." I would have said, "Don't tell me to do something I've been doing for most of my life as well." Yeah, telling yeah, Sam and Dean to, to take care you. of each other. Yeah, telling Sam yeah. and Dean to take care of each other. I'd mm-hmm. be like, "No, do not." You are you. I have known you for five years. I have known him my whole life. Yeah, that do not. Why, that because why, you, you think like, about that, it's, it's like when it's like. It's like when you're with 
someone, like your parent or your significant other, and they're in the hospital, can you imagine your cousin coming in and being like, thank you for taking care of of your mom? Excuse me? Duh. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought it was a very offhand comment. Yeah, and I say that from a literal place because I do think I kind of over-identify with it. My father was recently in the hospital. He's fine. Um, But my grandmother literally told my mother, thank you for taking care of him. And she was like, are you for real? Mm Mm-hmm. Obviously. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I felt like there were episodes we missed. You know, it's like, okay, in this episode, that Sam too. and Dean, think they seemed like they were, their relationship was better and all this stuff. And I'm like, when did mm-hmm. this happen? You know, we yeah, haven't yeah. seen like, really? anything <laughs> to show that they were better. So, you know, have we missed? You know, were there some episodes that didn't air that we're supposed to know about. Yeah, did I, did I, you know, was I abducted, (laughs) you know, and Supernatural had three more episodes and I I had no idea. Did I step out for a while? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because I guess I did, okay, I mean, I'm glad, one part of me is glad to see, you know, Sam worried about Dean because it was so the opposite for a while, but I had no idea how he went from really angry to really worried so I, even if, like I said, a simple comment, you know, I'm still mad at you, but for the moment we've got bigger fish to fry, you know. There's that mark on your arm. <laughs> so, that, you know, I, I could also say that I could excuse having absolutely no idea what Sam is doing, thinking, wearing, I don't even know. If I found Dean's story more compelling and I was, so we were all so excited about the market chain. But really, and this is not remotely Jensen's fault, so don't think I'm going there, but I'm watching, it's like watching on the head of a pin. So it's still Dean. So what is the mark doing? I don't understand the the real okay. difference between putting yeah. a mark it's on It's making Dean him watch Dean Dean more often. He's making yeah, him wash up a lot more often and stare in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently it's going on. It's really itchy. Apparently it's itchy. It's a little sore. Um, and what what you really want to do is make sure that you're wearing your shirt in a way that draws attention to it, but then as soon as it's noticed, tug it down just a quarter inch so people will, I don't know, forget about it. What is mm. that? <laughs> Sam shouldn't have to be, you shouldn't have to show, again, we talk about Anvil. You shouldn't have to show me Sam noticing the mark and then Sam saying, are you okay? Because it should never be far from Sam and Dean's head that there is the mark of pain on Dean. Now, we did see Sam researching pain and Abel. We did see him researching. Yes, so there was that one good moment. I don't don't know. Well, Um, that's a thing we should know. (laughs) And also, um, when... When at the end, and Dean's leaving, he and he pats Cass on the shoulder and says, "I'm fine." He he pats him with the wrong arm. He pats yeah. the arm with a mark of pain. So of course, Cass is going to notice. Well, this like, episode oh, told you this episode, and that's the other thing I will say. I'm not sure, and this is a problem again. How much of this show was? How much of this episode was supposed to be? We did this on person because, ha ha, meta, or. 
Like, how can you tell me that you hate continuity errors when this season has been rife with continuity errors and there's continuity errors within the episode? So are okay. you being cute or are you really not getting it? Yes. Okay. That, this is a huge thing I wanted to mention, continuity errors. Since when is there an angel trap like there is a devil's trap? You know, we know about the holy fire, but mm-hmm. tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. Has, have we uh-huh. have we seen before this angel trap that they can paint on the floor? And, and, nope. and what about the handcuffs? You know, you know the handcuffs that they had to drill in. We know about the devil, the demon ones, but we've never seen angel ones. If they have this angel trap and they have this angel handcuffs, why haven't we seen them before? You know what? I'm still back on how come Cass is cast with some other grace in him. Shouldn't he be the angel that he stole the grace from? Because if he was human and he's just a vessel, I'm still stuck on that one. So when you figure that one out, we'll work on these. <laughs> yeah, and it's a little bit like the line in the episode, you know, it's it's none of it was real, but all of it was true. <laughs> I and I know. really, I really have to wonder if you know throwing, you know, throwing the Winchester Gospels in the fire. Are you really saying that like everything we did? What is the quote? <laughs> if, if if nothing we do, wow! Oh, what is the quote? Oh, from Angel. The quote from Angel. Yes. If if nothing we do matters, then all that matters is what, what matters we do. is what we do. Yes. That's. <laughs> are you telling me that it doesn't matter then? Because, again, I can't speak for someone who just started watching the show six months ago and mainlined all the, all the seasons, or someone started watching, you know, two years ago. But as someone started watching in season two, you just wasted my time. You literally wasted, like, six years of my life. <laughs> like, I have... There are, at any given point in my fandom life, there have been one to three websites that I contribute to about this show. Rude. <laughs> I, Rude. I don't know. I'm, I don't feel like, I mean, I don't feel like I've, I've wasted my time because there's been too many, too many good things about it. And, and Supernatural, though, I'm so, and I've said it before in many previous podcasts, I'm, I am, so emotionally attached to this show, probably occasionally unhealthily. That's that's the reason why I care and I rant and I talk and everything else. It's like every other, not every other show, but but you know there are others where I watch and they make changes and I just I'm like oh well and I just walk away and it's no big deal. There's another show to take its place. This one, this one just owns me forever. You know I'll never give up. I'll never stop. But that won't stop me from having issues and we have a we have a poor caller who's been waiting like 12 minutes i feel very bad so if are, are we good to bring them on okay uh area code 608 i'm going to put you on the air hi Hello. it's okay i don't worry about waiting i was actually <laughs> very interested in the conversation um okay. the, the six the six month uh uh mainstreamer mainliner that would be me. Actually, it's been four months. Okay. And welcome oh. to the fandom. <laughs> yep. Yes. Um, yep. You can check out, but you can never leave. <laughs> oh, I found like that out. California. Um, 
talking talking about this episode um, with the with the angel traps, the 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 handcuffs, the angel trap. Yeah, that kind of threw me. But the handcuffs, they they did talk about it when they saw him in the uh, uh, Men of Letters bunker. They said they were handcuffs. They never said what type. They said it was just spell work. I knew that they. I thought that you know they were spell work for demons, but I wouldn't think the they same never got thing into was, it. Yeah, I wouldn't think the same thing would would work on demons. That would work would also work on angels. I could be wrong. And could be. The, and seriously, with the, with the way supernatural is going now, who knows? So I I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, didn't we have an issue with the angel blade working on the yeah. demon? Yeah. So yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. No, it, well, yeah. but but with. But with uh, uh, what they also said also, like I said, four months, seriously, I watched all the episodes in like a month and a half. I'm all caught wow. up. <laughs> yeah. Um, they said that only angels could kill angels. Not an mm-hmm. angel blade could kill them. So we, yeah. how could... That's so much, yeah. They ha- I'm, yeah. I'm, not saying, I'm not saying continuity errors, but they're just not giving it's all the information. Time. Time, time in the episode. Which but is, I also yeah, actually, it's time. It's time. They're they're constantly going back and changing their their own continuity. It's right. Which time. clearly this episode tells us that they know they're doing it. Yeah. Why would you? Why even? I mean, retcon happens, but this is a lot of retcon. And you how many people actually go back and watch them? How many people seriously watch all the episodes? In a month and a half. To genre, I think when it comes to genre TV, people who are, like I said, even my mother who's not in fandom, she watches the show every morning for those three episodes. But she's probably seen the series, and she started watching with me back in season two. So she's probably seen all the episodes from season one through five at least six or seven times. The latter seasons less because... She doesn't come dig out my DVDs. She just watches it on TNT. Um, okay, I can see that. So I, I, and I consider her what I consider her like a hardcore casual, and I have a best friend who's like that too. She, uh, my best friend, won't even watch the show live. She waits till the entire season is done, and then marathons the season. And what she does, she's not in fandom. She's never set foot in any fandom in her life. She doesn't get it. She doesn't understand what I do. None of it. It blows her mind. She's so confused. She doesn't even understand how I like, how if I touch Jensen Ackles. She doesn't even get the concept. Oh, I, I, I live with a whole house full of people who don't understand it. Yeah. But they'll, what they'll, she they'll does watch, every They'll watch time. some of the episodes, but they won't watch them connected. And then, okay, so what's going on? Okay, but don't tell me because I don't want to know because I'm not interested, but tell me. Yeah, but, but no, but what I'm saying, what she, what she does is every time she gets a season, she starts from the beginning to get to that season and marathon it. So when three came out, she watched one, two, three. Four came out, one, two, three, four, and so on and so forth. So, again, like I said, you don't have to be in fandom to get the text of the show to be invested in the show, but I will say that this same friend has not bothered to wa- bothered to finish watching season eight. She didn't marathon it. She started it and went meh and petered out. I haven't bought season eight. Those are the kind of issues that arise when your when your writers aren't 
for lack of a better phrasing, holding up their end of the deal. Okay. Mm. What I will say, though, what I got out of this episode, um, to me it was actually Metatron basically declaring war. He was, he's the one in charge. Yes, I agree. I agree. He's he's yeah. he's just it. It doesn't matter what anybody else has done before or whatever. Mm-hmm. What he says goes. And then when t- and in typical, really true evil crazy villain fashion, he believes he's the hero, which is more scary than anything. But what what does he want? I mean, why does he want an army? What is his goal? Because before I thought Metatron just wanted the stories. You know, he was happy to be what he was. Now, and I also wondered, is he not an angel at all? Because he's doing all these things that angels can't do. He blew out holy fire. Is Or is everything about this episode not real? I, I, I'm confused. Well, Well, what he did is he ended up, when he kicked the angels out, he ended up making it so that there were no more profits. Again, like I said, How they, they don't do give enough information. He had the angel tablet. So an angel tablet? Wrote, they never he actually said what was on that. He wrote the angel tablet so he knew what was on it. Yeah. So And they never actually knew what was on it. But would the idea of a prophet really be on the angel tablet? Wouldn't that mean that there's a prophet yeah. tablet? Ugh, yeah, I tablet. don't. I don't think the fact that there's no more prophets is a big thing. You know, as much as I love Kevin, I wish you, they never killed him. The fact that there's no more prophets, I don't think that's a big thing. It doesn't affect anything. I don't believe. But but what I, I'm saying, but what I was going to say is, is when he when he did that, maybe he actually ended up with the abilities like the prophets do. Maybe he actually is going to try and become God. What, See I how well that worked I, out for Cass, but... Well, but I don't think that has to do necessarily with a prophet, because I think the whole thing with Chuck wasn't so much that Chuck was a prophet come God. I think Chuck it was, was actually mm-hmm. always God, because Chuck was... And that's the whole thing about the meta of this. The thing about Swan Song, which is just obviously a homage to? We'll, we'll borrow that from Joss Whedon. It's an homage. And anybody who's really really into the Whedonverse will know what I'm really saying there. Um, yes. <laughs> so Sorry, yeah. If Chuck was, was Kripke, then Metatron is Robbie slash Carver? Could what be. are you telling me? What are you telling me then? You're telling me you're in control of the story, you're ripping up the story. But you're also telling me throughout the rest of the narrative of the, episode, of, the show, of the season that Metatron is the bad guy to be defeated. So are you the bad guy to be defeated? If you're defeated, who's driving this ship? Who's driving the car if you, if you bail out of the front seat? Because as a now, fan my being, other question. Yeah, if you're if you're writing for fandom, fandom can't decide which shoe goes on which foot every day. 
Yeah. The other thing is sometimes when when an episode isn't truly truly indicative of previous episodes of that writer, it makes me wonder who else who else took took a pass. And they can't take enough of a pass to get their name on it. But but I mean I used to honestly think that John Scheiben was not much of a script writer when he was on X Files and until he left and went to Supernatural and I thought I loved his episodes on Supernatural and it made me wonder how much Chris Carter would rewrite them or change them because it was so different. So I, I kind of wonder, you know, what what goes on sometimes. It's like where things changed, where they where did they come from? And sometimes what's left out? You know, what didn't we get to see sometimes? So maybe this episode isn't just what Robbie Robbie is. Maybe not. I don't know. What? I said maybe not. You guys are making me think. <laughs> We're very, very sorry. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. I apologize. <laughs> at least it's not math. We're not making you think math, at least. Yes. <laughs> that is one thing we can promise you. But, but I'll, I'll also, I'll also bring up the, 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 the constant fighting between Sam and Dean. Um, I'm the youngest of six kids, and seriously, we've done everything to each other that Sam and Dean have done to each other also, except for sell our souls and get them possessed by a homicidal angel. I don't know if it's because we haven't thought of it or we won't. I'm not sure. (laughs) And I actually um, have put this on several um, Supernatural pages. They need to get over it. That's what families do. And I, I heard it said that you you watched it when Dean was in trouble and Sam dropped everything, forgot he was so angry, he, you know, he just he just dropped it and went and helped. That's mm-hmm. what I do for my family. Like I said, they they really the fighting's getting a little old. Oh, I know well, it's kind of yeah. Some of it's hundred percent agree. Funny, the thing is, we they've I, been fighting I, I, in one form that. or another since first season. Though I mean, yeah. I, and, but I am I am tired. I don't need to see them. I don't need to see them fighting all the time. I understand in the early seasons because Sam and Dean were just back together and getting and used to each other again and figuring out all the stuff with their dad and finally. But but after that, it was so many other things, and I'm like, I I am over it. I don't want them split up, and I don't want them fighting. I well, don't well, want them bickering. Nobody agrees on everything I, all the time, but I'm tired of the fighting. A part, and I will say this, because I think it's two different things. There's a difference between them being split up and them being and them fighting and then this. Because if you look back, my um, like number one and number two spot of, of all-time favorite Supernatural episodes, and sometimes I make it one spot because one big episode to me is all Hell Breaks Loose, Part 1 and 2. And they are separate for the vast majority of that episode. Yeah. Episodes. And the, it's gold. Like, that is solid gold. Nobody touched those episodes. They are perfection. They can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. 
so it's not even about it's not even about keeping them in the same scene at the same time. Or you have what episode were we watching earlier, Becky? That I was like, this is good angst. What was it? Oh, Fallen Idols. Oh, what's not? Wow. <laughs> because are we going to reference Fallen Idols? Because Fallen Idols is a deceptively good. It's a deceptive episode because you you think about it, all you remember is Paris Hilton. You're like, hey, Paris Hilton. Which kudos to her, like Snooki, for being able to make fun of herself because that's brilliant. But anyway, but it is that yeah. Everybody, yeah, nobody will agree on everything, but it's getting to be a little much. And this, yeah, I, I, I understand that there are some things you don't forgive, but there comes a time when you have to lower the anger just a little bit, and mm-hmm. I don't see Sam doing that. I think he already has, even though we didn't mm. see it. He, but he apparently has. It happened, but we don't know how he got from point A to point B. <laughs> and and, and um, they haven't told me that he's lowered his anger. They're just telling me that he's more concerned. Is he concerned about Dean, or is he concerned about what this means in general? I don't even know. Who the hell knows? We never know what Sam is thinking or why he does <laughs> what he does. They never tell us. Who's Hank? <laughs> <laughs> you know, though, so, yeah. It's funny because I remember being back on television without pity forums in the earlier days of Supernatural and reading very similar rants from them about their horrible issues and writers didn't know where they were going and they were sick of this and that and that was and that was years ago. So these are not new new mm-hmm. complaints at at all. And I at the time Honestly, I didn't. I didn't agree with them. And now we, I don't know. We're sort of looking back and going and thinking, well, all those early seasons were so wonderful. But at the time, there were a lot of issues and arguments in fandom about them. So I don't know. Maybe maybe someday we'll just look back and all ten years will be far more wonderful than we're thinking they and are I now. Do, I also think I we're do. a little too close right now. A little too close yeah. right now. I'm like I I need to probably go back and watch season six and seven because I I had it was a drag for me to get through those, but I thought season eight was a big jump in improvement. And honestly, yeah. overall, I'm okay with season nine. There's a lot to like about it. So, I, but I you know there are parts of six and seven that just made me want to tear my hair out. So, and I will say, like, for me, 7 is one that I call it my Buffy season 7 also because the same thing happened in Buffy season 7. I watched it and went, this is what I <laughs> And then when you watch it all at once, again, knowing knowing the end, it's it all comes together. <laughs> However, and there's a difference between that and, say, like, season 6, where season 6 when you watch it in retrospect, knowing about Cass and Crowley, you watch it with a certain, you watch everything that they're doing <laughs> with that knowledge, and you put it together going, oh, it was all there. So it changes it. But with season seven, it gave me, like, a more, a better appreciation for it, but it didn't change any of the narrative. Whereas going back and watching season six, it changes the narrative. Cass does certain things. Crowley does certain things, and you're like, oh, but this is why he's saying that, you, you know, and it's so good. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I think for me, like for me personally, there are distinct chops in the series. You can, and it's not even season, you know, Kripke leaving in season five. It's almost like you feel like he was still there in season six to a degree, and it's season seven where it starts to veer off into another show. Mm-hmm. And I think well, I tweeted with my personal account, but I, I pretty much made everybody in my life read this read this article. But it's an article, so Google it because we didn't post it. But it's five ways Supernatural became its own spinoff. And I'm not saying it's good or bad thing. I'm not forming an opinion on it. I'm just saying read it, and it's really interesting. Hmm. Yep. It, yeah, not saying, you know, it's not saying that it's better or worse yeah. than it used to be. It's different. Yeah, and the, and the piece the, itself, if you look up that article, the article itself isn't giving um, a pro or con on it either. It's just stating it. And obviously it's not facts because... Hmm. But it's just stating an, it's an opinion piece, and it's not saying this is a good thing or this is a bad thing. It's just saying this is an observation. And I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing because we're not done yet, so I don't know. But it is a really interesting piece to read. Hmm. I do see we have another caller holding on the line. Yes, you do. Area code 703, I'm going to put you on the air. Hello, go ahead. Caller, are you there? Yes, I just hit my mute button rather than my unmute button. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> I, you know. That's okay. Anyway, it's Snazio. I called in a few months ago or a, a month or so ago. Um, yes, I remember you. Yes. Well, <laughs> I do, I, I'm another binge viewer. I binge viewed last um, summer. And I do think, really do think, if you are a binge viewer versus right from the beginning or for many, many years, it really does affect um, your perspective on the show. And I wrote online when I started Season 9 that I thought it would be sort of an interesting experiment. You know, would I end up falling into um, some of the... Some of the negativity, I'm not saying that you guys are being negative, but some of the criticism that I saw online, I'm like, how can you guys be criticizing this? This is the most amazing thing ever. And yet, and yet people were so critical of it. And I thought, well, you know, is that, is that what I'm going to feel like once I start watching it week to week? And I can kind of see, so season nine for me has been, if you will, the experiment. And I can kind of see um, definitely where the frustrations come from, but... I guess it's because it's now been conditioned in me. All is going to pay off. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. I have more patience. Uh, something else is that, um, did you guys watch the show Mad Men? No. No. Not anymore. Okay. Well, i got to tell you, if you, if you want to see a show that has what I call a slow burn with an eventual payoff, it's Mad Men. Because that mm-hmm. show, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard any jokes about it's... Uh, it's uh, next on Mad Men things, but they're like Dada-esque in terms of it gives you no information whatsoever. And scenes happen, and, and they, they work sort of within the episode, but later on you figure out, oh, my God, that was so important. So, so I guess I've, I have patience with that sort of 
storytelling, um, and because, again, I binge-watched the whole thing, i got to tell you, I personally found this one to be an absolutely fantastic episode. And um, it doesn't mean that I, underst- I don't understand why people are, are, are negative about some things, but I looked at it, and I, and I looked at there was a lot of gaps. For me, I think that if I was going to list one problem with the episode, it would be it seemed like Robbie tried to put too much into one episode because of a lot of the cuts. But I'll give you an example. Um, but, but sometimes I'm not so sure if it's um, um, an overstretch and editing or on purpose. So I'll give you an example. The Dean scene where he beats Gadriel to a pump, pulp that we don't see, right? Mm-hmm. Yet we all see him mm-hmm. gear up for it, and we see him really out of it at the end after he's done this, right? Mm-hmm. Well, so I'm like thinking, well, gee, where was the scene where he actually beat him up? And, of course, you see the signs that he beat him up because his knuckles are all red. And, again, he's, he's like um, drugged, like punch drunk, literally. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, did they just try for too much? And then I thought, well, you know, now watch the end scene with Gadriel and Metatron. And I'm thinking, Metatron is setting up Gadriel to be the betrayer in the story. He's, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's why he said with such malice, as long as everyone plays their part. And so, you know, is, is the reason we didn't see it is because of some of the exchange that happened between Dean and Gadriel. In other words, it was intentionally not in there because it represents sort of a turning point for Gadriel where he, he wanted to die. And, and we could almost get it from the, from the material without having that scene. He wants to die. He knows he's doing wrong. And yet he cannot stop doing it. It's like he, he feels hitched to, to Metatron, so that's what he's going to do. So was the fact that we didn't see that scene, because um, Robbie didn't want to give too much away about where Gadriel's headspace was, but he gave enough clues, or did we not see it because they ran out of time? And, and I guess I'm going to give Robbie and, and, the, and the writers the benefit of the doubt and say, this is the long, the long game. This is the long con. And I can see how if Gadriel turns around and once again betrays, this time betraying Metatron, going for the redemption that all of us have suspected might be there eventually, this is where, this was sort of the turning point where he said, where he couldn't stand up to Dean and look him in the eye and say, I'm doing the right thing. That's why he took the beating that he did. Well, and I like, think like, that, that like Gabriel, then, from the very beginning, you know, when, when Metatron propositioned him, he took a deal that he thought, or he made an agreement that he thought this is, this is a, too good to, be, to walk away from. But he, the way that Jared plays Gabriel in that moment of killing Sam, He's not gung ho about it. He's very resigned about it. It's oh, yeah. a means to an end. And we do know that, you know, canonically, angels aren't exactly emotional creatures. They're more logical. So for Gadriel, for Gadriel to say, okay, if I do, if I, if, if X and Y, then Z. Right. Rather than divide by morality and multiply by how I feel about things. Yep. There are aren't there. Oh, I, I promised I was going to make you guys math. I'm so sorry. Forget the math. 
years ago. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Damn you, Benny. <laughs> that was so funny. But and now I, I don't, you know, that's the best analogy I can come up with in the moment. But I do think that. So I do think that that's something that Gadriel has kind of not really dealt with well. And I think, you know, we miss a lot of whatever a Metatron are up to when they're not when we're not with them. Which again is something I think the season is suffering from is too many cooks in the kitchen. Well, that's that's I, I don't disagree that there are I don't disagree there's a lot of issues um, uh, regarding the handcuffs. You know, uh, no, I have I have my own head cannon that well. I want to do a little bit of show uh, business here. Um, There's a really annoying noise. I don't know if if y'all can check and see if there's anything noise going on. Somebody, one of us here, the um, six, five, six of us that's online, there's a noise. So if y'all can just check real quick. Okay, Okay. I'm going to to mute and then unmute. If it's a clicking sound, it, it started with area code 608. But I still hear it, and you're still on. Hello? Okay. Okay, well, this is so, 703. I just muted while you said you could still hear it. Okay. So I don't think so. And I still heard it. So it's not, no, it's not you. I, it's the clicking sound. It might be okay, my sound. I, I, I'm, I'm the 608. Mm-hmm. I, I muted mine, and I still heard it. Yeah. It could just be blog hmm. talk. It could be blog talk radio, exactly. But I want to let yes. everybody know mm-hmm. that's listening because we get a lot of complaints whenever there's annoying noises. It's it's not us. We're trying to find out what it is. It may be blog talk radio. So, okay. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, back to my point. Um, regarding the angel handcuffs, I looked at it and said, Dean's a tinkerer. He sees how useful the devil handcuffs are. So all he has to do is put some some warding. They have They have figured out by now angel warding, what to put on there, um, so to, so much to the effect that Gadriel was was hampered when he was inside the um, hospital room. So while I agree they have not gone from point A to point B and said this is why the brothers now understand how to do angel warding, um, I would say that they've got enough information, and apparently there was some research done on angels, although I found that to be a bit odd But because since they hadn't been around for 2,000 years. But for whatever reason, there was some research done on angels, and so I'm going to presume that they have, they have figured out how to at least um, hamper an angel, hobble them, if not completely depower them. Otherwise... See, the thing I want... Is instead of us just having to guess why it is, I want to know. They, I That's feel fair. like they mm-hmm. should tell us. You know, That's when fair. they had mm-hmm. when they had the handcuffs, you know, that could hold Crowley in that. They told us, you know, what it was. Mm-hmm. And so I feel the same way. If they're using something brand new that's huge, I mean, being able to trap an angel like they trapped Gadriel, you know, to be able to hold him in one spot, that's huge. Right. And to mm-hmm. have a huge new tool like that. I feel like we should be told about it. Well, and that's and that is a problem with um, a uh, and and I've seen it in many long running shows. Um, they will take um, shortcuts because and say the audience will get there. I want to tell this much more story. So that's why I said the one problem with this episode was I thought they tried to squeeze too much story into one episode. But 
but I still loved it. But but it, but my original point was was I feel like some of those gaps were were too much story, like the handcuffs, and some of those gaps were possibly intentional, like not showing us Dean beating Gadriel. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. 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 Yes. And the other thing I thought was was absolutely you know brilliant about this episode was I felt like it was a turning point, um, not just for um, Castiel, who it was clearly Castiel's turning point, um, but I also felt it was a turning point for Gadriel and possibly a turning point for Sam. Uh, yes, too slow for many, but for Sam to realize that he is going to have to be his brother's keeper, pun intended. And so um, he, you know, he tried to reject the whole thing. We can just be brother. We, you know, he he tried to reject and has been failing at rejecting um, Dean as a brother. He he, you know, thought, well, we'll just work together. That's that makes sense. But that's such false logic, and he's not been able to keep it up. So I ha- I have to disagree with you here. I don't think it was a turning point. I think Sam has always known he and Dean are each other's keepers and that they're always there to take care of each other. This thing, this season where they've had the fight and the things that Sam has said, I think it was just to hurt him because he was hurt at what he felt like it was a betrayal by Dean, um, which even though I don't agree, you know, I might not agree, but I understand. You know, you I, I get mad at people that I love and then I'll say things that I don't mean, but just to hurt them. Oh, I and agree. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, agree with you I on that. Like, I, I, I'm not saying this right. Yeah. It, he's he's trying to establish a new tone with Dean, and so um, and and part of this, and, and I apologize for being sexist for a moment, but you know, men, okay, mm-hmm. it, it just there there's something about them. They're unwilling to talk about feelings. They just don't want to. And so, you know, although Sam has been willing to do so in the past. He's so frustrated, and he's so angry, so he's, he's just said, okay, fine, we're just going to do business only. And um, it's a little bit, it's not a little bit, it's a lot of bit um, um, condescending to Dean that he's, he just, he cannot seem to get through to Dean, and so he's just, you know, treating him with this wall. And yes, there's anger and hurt behind it, but part of it, I think, and part of the reason why he's staying in the bunker and all that, is that he knows that they're going to eventually get past this. He just doesn't know how to change the relationship. And so he's trying this technique of, of isolation, and, he's, and it's, he's finding it hard to keep it up. That's what I'm trying to say. It's a technique he's trying, not one that he, necess- he doesn't believe that they're not brothers. He knows that. He's, he's always felt that. It, but he's trying to come up with some way to get Dean to change. But theoretically, Sam's been trying to do that since season four. I'd go season and, one. Yeah, well, that's yeah. true. But I'm saying blatantly, blatantly in season, in Monster's End of the Book, it's what Sam expresses to Chuck, which is things that Chuck already knows, and Chuck actually knows what's going on in Sam's brain. Right. And then you have, you have later on in, in season five, and it's, you have Sam literally tell Dean, and we just watched this, actually, if you watched the, re- the TNT Marathon, you literally have Sam telling him exactly what Sam just told him this season. It was 
nearly verbatim of you have to let me grow up, you have to make me let me make my own decisions, you have to let me take responsibility for my own missteps. Right. And then Dean tells him, okay, and he lets him drive, and then now we're back to that. So if you're rebuilding something, I have to ask why you tore it down in the first place. I can I can answer that one, honestly, because as I said earlier, I'm the youngest of six kids. Um, I have an older sister who seriously treats me the same way that Dean treats Sam. I I am treated like... I'm 15, 16. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. Just for the record, I'm 35. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. None, none, none of my opinions matter. I can't drive. And every time, seriously, every time we have a fight, seriously, it almost sounds just, wow, it, that's, shouldn't have watched Changing Channels too many seriouslys. Um Every time we have a fight, it's, uh, okay, come on. you got to listen to me. I know what I'm saying. I'm a grown-up here. And she's like, okay, fine. And then she'll listen to me for about three days, and then we're back to fighting again. It's something that's been going on for, seriously, 35 years. She's always bossing me around. She's always telling me what to do. She's always keeping an eye out for me. That's how oh, people wow. act. People will, re- people will revert um, mm. to certain behaviors around other people. Um, and sometimes they regress. I, I've, I've only briefly watched like The Hangover, but they all turn into morons, apparently, when they get together and are by themselves. Um, that's the premise of the movie. Uh, in uh, the Spike... Um, and the Spike and Angel relationship in the Buffy comics, when Spike and Angel get back together again, they regress to 12-year-olds. This is, this is, so I'm not saying that you're regressing to 12-year-olds, but I'm saying that, that yeah. people fall into patterns with other people. It can happen at so, work. Somebody so, that you always fight with and you end up maybe not being the best version of yourself when you're working with that person. So I could actually picture them in their 70s and he's still fighting over who's bossing who around. Oh, yeah. That's disturbing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can do that, too. And so mm-hmm. Sam keeps trying to change the dynamic. And and Dean's like, what are we having a conversation about? I don't, I don't even understand why we're talking about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... I, um... I, I still enjoyed your insights and calling into our show very much, but maybe it's time to get back to meta fiction in particular. Sure, I'm so, <laughs> so sorry. Yep, that's okay. That I, you know, we really appreciate you calling and, and commenting, and Supernatural sure inspires um, a lot of discussion. And I appreciate the insights what? about family and, and family yep. relationships and all that. Um, well, what but, I was also going to say is. With the with the um, not showing the the fight with Gadriel, I'm wondering honestly if it's not both that they ran out of time, they didn't have enough time, and that they're gonna do kind of like flashbacks to it. Oh yeah. And while while everybody thinks that Gadriel is on the road to redemption, there's only one person he can actually 
get that forgiveness from? It's the one he actually betrayed, and that's God. And they really haven't brought him up since season five. Mm-hmm. So is there is there a possibility that? Well, I don't think God's going to show God's up. God's going to show up to the last until the very end. If he does, the if very ever. end of the show. Yes. Mm-hmm. That you can't. And I said it before, and can't. I'll say it again. It better be Chad Michael Murray. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you just can't unring that bell once you bring God in. So, um, yeah. which is why it has to be Chad Michael Murray. I, I gotta say, I like that idea. Um, but let me just let me just finish up in, with saying that. So I do like yeah. this season. I do like the season a lot more um, than I I was afraid I might, even though I'm watching it serially week to week. Um, but that I also think that this episode, as I said, I thought this was a brilliant episode. Um, I I don't feel like um, the writers were laughing at us at all. I think Metatron is. Um, Metatron is showing the the flaws, but since he's actually the villain of their story, he's not a reliable narrator. So, for the fans to to take what they're saying and say, okay, this is Metatron is the writer speaking to us. I don't think so. I think this is a this is evil Santa version of the writer speaking to us. This is a this is not this is not that. And so, I I wasn't offended. Um, by anything that they said, I I got a kick out of retcon. Um, I think that was a fatal move on Metatron's part to give Cass all that vast knowledge of human literature. Um, who was it who said? Was there somebody who said this week regarding Supernatural that was it Robbie who said that anything after the Iliad and the Odyssey is just fan fiction? Yeah, it was Robbie. Okay, exactly. Um, I I that to me is a sign of affection. Not not disdain, and so um, so maybe self-deprecating humor if they see the Metatron as themselves, but um, you know grandiose and and over the top and trying to get the characters to behave and they're not going to behave. But I I don't think he was laughing at us, not at all. Okay. All right. Well, I will let you go. Thank you. Thanks for calling. We appreciate okay. it. Thanks Thank for very. You. Thanks very much for calling and listening. Okay. We appreciate it. Thanks to both of you. Thank you. Oh. And, um, I was saying bye, but apparently I was on mute. So if you guys are listening, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wasn't. You know, I wasn't offended by anything in the episode. Uh, I was—I didn't feel like we were being laughed at or anything. I just wanted i was bored with the episode. Uh, I felt a small amount of scolding, or not even scolding, chastising for almost like you care too much. But I'm supposed to care a lot, and that's why you get to do what you do Mm -hmm. because I care. (laughs) It's like because I wasn't bored at all. I mean, I I was—you know what? There are certain scenes that everyone keeps talking about, and I've watched the episode, in my opinion, three times. But I'm like, what? When did that happen? Yeah. yeah. I've, watched, I've watched it four times total, and it's been running the whole time we've been, watching, we've been talking. And every time when I'm watching it, when I'm not talking, I still find myself going off the Twitter or something. 
because um, mm-hmm. it's just not holding my interest. There were things about it. Now, I want to say, let me say, there were things about it that I really, really enjoyed. Of course, the shower scene, of course. <laughs> we, yeah, before I leave, we're going to yeah. talk about that. But, like, in uh, depth, yeah. we're going to get super meta about it. Okay. Okay, I have to say I enjoyed the shower scene. I enjoyed um, the few Sam and Dean scenes that we did have. And I'm not saying that I disliked the episode because of Life of Sam and Dean. No, one of my all-time favorite episodes is Bitten, which I know a majority don't like, but it's one of my favorites, and Sam and Dean are barely in it. So the lack of Sam and Dean doesn't, you know, if an episode doesn't have Sam and Dean in it, that doesn't automatically make me not like it. But it's just, there were so many interesting things going on with Sam and Dean in this episode that we barely saw, you know, we didn't really get to see them. And then I also, Armstrong kicked ass. He was freaking amazing. Uh, you know, when I think of this episode, I think of him because he just rocked all, he just rocked the whole entire episode from beginning to he end. Freaked he freaked me out the, in, in a good way. He freaked me out when he yeah. leaned forward and, and stared. I could barely look at the TV screen. He was creeping me out so much. Yeah, so creepy. I yeah, love it. He, he awesome. makes me want to go take a shower. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not, it's not Curtis because on the closer, he was, he was also like an unsavory character. He played just like a lawyer. But And, and then I oddly, enough, he, oddly enough, him and Mark Pellegrino played against each other. So that was a good time. So, But and I have I have to say that I love Tomo. I mean, the way that he talks when he's Gadriel, the accent yes. that he uses, and the way he says words and everything, I just absolutely love it. And, you know, I know the majority of genre fans have seen Tomo and things before. Battlestar Galactica, Dollhouse, Haven, the million things he's been on, this is not like any character he's ever played before. He's, com- he's completely, mm-hmm. you know, a different person, and I absolutely love his performance. And I am also looking forward to seeing, because you don't know, is he on Metatron's side or not? Is he planning, you know, like the other callers said, you don't know. And I love that performance from him, and I love the way Robbie wrote, wrote him. It's excellent. And, yeah, so it's not that I'm, you know, being all, you know, Debbie Downer. There were things about the episode that I was absolutely crazy about. But yeah, just, I really, yeah, I th- yeah, yeah, I thought like I really enjoyed assuming it was on purpose because I'm assuming it was on purpose. The parallel between Sam and Dean in the car, and then Cass and Gabriel in the car—that yeah. was really cool. Yeah. I really, cool. really enjoyed that. Um, like you said, I thought Tomo was was really good. The the whole thing with the the, the bait and switch of of Sam going after. Gadriel and Dean dropping the, the holy fire on him, that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. That was so well done mm-hmm. from the concept of it, the acting of it, the shot, you know, the, you know, you know just the, the cut mm-hmm. to Dean's face. and It was all just fluid and great. Um, Curtis being in the holy fire and it just faking the seizure and everything, and because you're watching it, you know he's mocking it. Mm-hmm. All of those were really good moments. They really were. It just... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I almost feel like... I 
I'm going to say something really ungracious, and I don't mean it as bad as it's going to come out. I just don't know a different way to phrase it. But I felt like it tried too hard with the wrong things. I don't even know how to explain what I mean by that. But that's the feeling yeah. I have. Like I, I feel I, like there was I, so I, much effort yeah. and what was but on the wrong points. I get what you're saying. Like are you saying like the Metatron stuff was all fancy and um trying to be like a special episode, like the special credits and things like that? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, but then you didn't give me enough payoff for that. Like it was so similar it was so similar to, it was almost like this weird mishmash of Changing Channels and Swan Song. And well, today, those are I two episodes that if you're going to homage, that's eggshells because those are, those are huge episodes within our canon. Those are extremely well done episodes. And you're going, if you do an episode like that, it's going to inevitably get compared to those. Well, today, and I think I tweeted about it and texted you about it, today with the TNT uh, marathon, there was the monster at the end of this book. And I saw so many comparisons between that episode and this episode. You know, Chuck, who mm-hmm. was a prophet, and we find out later on he's God. What he was writing was coming true. Whereas the same thing with Metatron, what he was writing was coming true. And um, even Sam and Dean even stay in the same motel, even though it's supposed to be a different one, but it's the same same filming location and um, much at the end of this book as it uh, was here at the end where they met up with um, Metatron at the end and did the trade-off with Cassian Gadriel. It's the same motel. So there was so many comparisons between them, but it's like, Monster at the end of this book was just a better episode. It was, yeah, it was incredible. I thought it was interesting about this episode that Carver Edlin's books were laying around and Metatron threw the supernatural gospels into the fire. He just so it, threw all that what out. Meta, what I want to know, since what Metatron writes happens, he has that power, whether or not God gave it to him when he became mm-hmm. his scribe, I don't know. But since he has the power to whatever he writes happens, when he burns something, whether he wrote it or not, does that mean that that never mm-hmm. does that mean that that didn't didn't happen anymore? Yeah, I would like I'm, to believe that it's it's something to the effect of just because you burn my box set doesn't mean that there aren't millions of other box sets in the world. Okay, right. I choose. I'm going right. to yeah. cling to that because if you burn the Winchester Gospels and they are gone, mm. I, 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 I can't forgive, I cannot forgive you for that. I cannot forgive no. you for the meta of that, for what the meta yeah. of that means. And I hope that's not symbolic of these writers who who actually came before. Jeremy Carver, Carver was here before. He wrote Monster at the end of this book. <laughs> I hope that does not mean they're throwing out everything that has gone before. Or is it symbolic of just how villainous Metatron is for throwing all that out and and disregarding and think, it? And is it going to come back and bite him on the ass that he's read this and hence says it's drivel? Well, that's going to come back on you. 
for not paying enough I, attention. I think one of the things, yeah, one of the things that I really, again, like like you said, you can't help but compare, you know, Monster Bean of the Book to this, is the difference between having an episode where you're saying we hate continuity but kind of get over it or, you know, oh, well, it's a retcon versus Monster at the end of the book where you have Chuck being like, oh, God, did you live through the bugs and the ghost ship? I'm so sorry. You know, there's that there's that little bit of, I know, Acknowledging. I have some missteps. Yeah. We stumbled. Yeah. I'm sorry. That mm-hmm. Forgive me. We have that. There's, and I... I didn't feel that in this at all. And I don't I don't know how much of it is just because Metatron is a quote unquote bad guy. But if it's ba- if it's because Metatron's a bad guy, then it went a little too meta for me. Because at the end of the day, you are if you're going to homage it, then you have to assume that position as well. And the thing is all of us here, Winchester Bros, we love this show so much. We have put so much of our own blood, sweat, and tears. And literally. Not even, yeah. That's not even figurative. That's literal. <laughs> and and yes. to the website and, and tweeting every day. And, like, we're, we're pretty much online 24-7 doing supernatural things for the website and for Twitter and for Facebook and for, you know. And so it's like, I just, I just really, really, really want. I will, I will say this. I will say this. At the end of the day, supernatural still gets me talking. It still gets me thinking. Whether I'm happy, sad, angry, annoyed, whatever the emotion may be, it still gets me to care in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Because, as they say, there is a thin line between love and hate. If I didn't care anymore, I wouldn't. I wouldn't talk about it at all. Let alone, you know, do po- websites and podcasts and write articles and things like that. That wouldn't happen. And I have to give it to Supernatural that for nine, for eight and a half years, it still makes me feel because I'm. Mm. I've walked away from greater shows, and I don't necessarily mean quality, I just mean, I mean quality, I mean mainstreamness, whatever the case may be, for far less, for far less. Mm. So the fact that I am clinging to this by my fingernails is a testament to the show in and of itself. I, um, I you know, I, I, I loved The X-Files, and still do, but when David Duchovny left, so did I. And I didn't come back until he did, and I was okay. And I was very invested in that show. And it just, I, I just, and I left. And conversely, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Big Bang Theory, but they made some changes on the show that I didn't care for mm-hmm. and liked characters. Mm-hmm. I walked away. I walked away, and I haven't looked back. <laughs> it's okay, like, I have a nice talk. First season DVDs, and that's fine. Hmm? 
not it's just not reaching the standards that it used to have, you know. Mm. So, yeah. And I don't think and it's really followers. hard for any show to maintain it because, I mean, I I mean I stuck with it till the end, but I had tough times with Buffy towards the end, you know. Mm-hmm. It, but I I was there, but I had issues with many of their decisions. I still don't and story. watch season six of Buffy. I will watch up to once more with feeling, and then disregard the entirety of the rest of the season and move straight on to mm-hmm. seven. I just yeah. can't do it. I can't do it. It's it almost is like watching, it's like live action, secondhand embarrassment, and I just can't do it. Mm. See, I think, and I think, I think season nine of, this, of Supernatural is going to be that for me. It's not, it's not that I don't love the show. It's not that I dislike the episodes. It's that I really feel this is going to be a season where I'm going to cherry pick what I watch. I can't see myself sitting down and putting in this season the way I do with one, two, five, six. And I really Those think our callers really kind of called it. Both of them just started within the last few months. You know, mm-hmm. both of them binge-watched it. Whereas all three of us, I know, um, Benny started in second season um, Susan and I both started, uh, I know I started when the episode first aired, when the show first aired back on September 13, 2005. I think you did too, right, Susan? No, I started in mid-second season because I didn't okay. have a, a, I didn't have a TV station that showed it. I barely knew about it. Oh, so we but, started at the same time. Okay. And I, was like, I didn't even, I didn't start Supernatural because I was still bitter about Angel getting canceled. I was so angry that Angel got canceled just for him to put another Supernatural show on air. Air quote supernatural. I was so angry. So I think. So, but and our site owner, our site owner watched the pilot at Comic Con. Started our site before the show ever aired. Exactly. Our show has, our show's been around. Our website has been around since before the show aired. A month before the show even aired on television, our site was created. I, you know, I started watching the night it first aired on September thirteenth, two thousand five. The ads were saying, you know, turn your lights off when you watch on So I did. Um, mm-hmm. Both of you have been around the season, since the second season. So we're both, all three of us, we've been here for much. Not mm-hmm. to say, yeah, that's not to say that we're so much wiser or better. Well, oh, oh, no, 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 no. The not thing is, is it gives you a different, and our, our callers will say it, it gives you a different perspective on it. Exactly. When you watch really, week to week and you've endured hiatuses, it feels different. You know exactly. Mm-hmm. I really, really yeah. like them bring. I really like them bringing that up because mm-hmm. it, it does. You know, it really shows because you know we. You know, those of us that have been there since the beginning, we've went through all the hiatuses and all the fifty million breaks and all the different spoilers that would come out. Like, oh no, they're bringing the women strike. on the show in season three. The writers' strike. Three. Uh, the writer's you know, we've been through. through we've been there through. Mm-hmm. All of the ups and downs and everything was, you know, they're the lucky ones. They got to zoom through it and not have to put up, you know, not have to put up with all the other stress of the show. Right, so, and and many many of our our issues right now, I recall having same issues previous seasons and being concerned that things were dragging and they didn't seem to be worried enough about being going to hell in season three. And 
it, it's 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 because we it's a week at a time, and you can't binge it and not see the story all together very quickly. So, and it's while like I'm, you know, I have my issues with the season, but I'm not that worried because I think once it's over and maybe you go back, it's like it'll all it'll all make more sense. And I recall having these issues before, so. You know, it doesn't mean I'm going to not talk about them or be concerned. It's just that, you know, eventually those were resolved, and I'm really hoping these will be too. And and I'm hopeful for sure. So, but, yeah, I, I recall having the same same issues, different story <laughs> in previous seasons because I think in the difference in watching, like you said, a little at a time. And like I said, my my major issue with this season, major, major issue is too much going on. And so nothing is getting the focus it deserves. You know, I don't feel, it makes it difficult, like we said, why is Dean so concerned with Abaddon when his initial mission was to go take care of Gadriel? And then he said he killed Gadriel, but he didn't kill Gadriel because he's going to kill Abaddon. What? What? <laughs> I agree, yeah. But again, it's, um, it's I don't know if you guys... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, there's a song by the Fugees called um, How Many Mics, and it says, too many MCs, not enough mics. So there's too many characters, there's too many people on stage, and not enough microphones to go around. And that's mm-hmm. how I see... That song gets stuck in my head every week. <laughs> Uh, it, For me, it's the Batman movies. Because... Too many villains, just one Batman. You know, it's like pick one villain. <laughs> you know, it's Batman 2 when there was Catwoman and Peglin and, and Robin and blah, blah, blah. And like, for Pete's sake, pick, pick one and, and yeah. deal with the villain. And that's a little bit a little bit like this. It's like, well, if it was great in the first movie, we'll do it 20 times over in the second one. And I'm like, no, no. No, 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 no. The first movie was great because it only had one villain, and and it was a tight story. So this is a little bit like that. A lot going on, but and it makes me concerned for the. I don't think that everything is going to wrap up at the end of this season. That's my prediction. Something's going to be mm-hmm. left hanging. I theorize it's going to end up being having to do with the Mark of Cain, and again. That's yet another hiatus that we sit there going, well, what do we do? Which, cliffhangers, I get it, yeah. But I think back to between season three and four when Sam didn't save Dean and we all went, well, how the hell is this going to work? It was was a stressful summer. It was a very stressful summer. Yes. Yes, it was. Very oh, yeah. traumatic. But that said, um, y'all keep talking. I have an orphan black date to attend to with Clarissa373. <laughs> uh, we are internationally watching Orphan Black together to catch up <laughs> for the season two premiere. And I got to go. <laughs> and I say go, you know, because I've been after you for months. Have you enabled this, this problem? Go now. You go enabled now. this addiction. <laughs> so... Have fun. Thanks for hearing me out. Um, I appreciate everyone who listens to us every week, or even if it's the first time you're listening to us. Um, Just thanks, and good night.
Mm-hmm. And Susan nope. and I will still talk. We'll still be here. Yep. Um, for a bit. <laughs> um, it's kind of funny because I, I actually, <laughs> I feel like our uh, the episode was very different and the podcast tonight has been very different. We've we occasionally touched on this episode, but we've talked about far more general and over overarching yeah, subject Benny matter. Yeah, he didn't get to give her meta on Dean Shower. Ah! <laughs> it was probably the most important thing we exactly. could have discussed. <laughs> we will have to make sure she brings that up for the next podcast. We'll have to remind her. Yes, definitely. And now um, uh, Robbie Thompson's friend is going to be very disappointed that we didn't discuss the shower in more depth. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Robin, Robbie, and your friend. Tune in next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You couldn't see it, but there are quotey fingers around. Uh, but uh, but uh, speaking of the shower, we can we can talk about it a, a, a little bit now. When I when we watch it, I think there were parts of the shower scene in the preview that were not in the episode. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, very yeah. quick. It was even quicker and also it's a it's a shower scene and it reminded me of the one issue I used to have with Kim Manners directing and it's it's similar to the love scene in Heart with Sam and Madison and it's Sam, it's a love scene. You know, he's he's shirtless and pantsless and and it's a love scene. And Kim Manners would come right in on Sam's face. <laughs> and that got like, yeah. I, I, I love that face. And, and Jensen, you know, uh, Dean, I love that face. But you can do those close-ups at other times. <laughs> and I mean, they don't matter so much. Could it have killed you to pull the camera back just a little bit in the shower? <laughs> but, you know, it's like, you know, I hate to complain because, you know, that kind of stuff happens, what, once every two or three seasons? The New York Times article that came out today, which is terrific to see them in the New York Times, um, Jensen, I think, says that, you know, they, the uh, Sam and Dean take off their clothes the least of any show on the CW. And they're right. So, you know, it was right nice to have which a little bit more. Which made me upset that the the New York Times titled the article about abs, um, angels and abs, and it's like, we never get to see their abs. Why is that in the title? Yeah, <laughs> yeah what abs? <laughs> you know, I think the writer was just going for the alliteration, you know, angels, abs, right, or whatever. Right, but, you yeah. know, if you've really watched our show, sir, you would know that abs have very little presence. <laughs> in fact, that's one thing I miss about Soulless Sam is that he was, perfectly happy to work out shirtless for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah. But I, I, but it's slightly more serious. Dean, Dean takes a shower. Later in the episode, he washes his face. Is he trying to wash away the mark of Cain? How it's making him feel? Does he feel unclean, for lack of a better word? Well, it's like, you know, the second time when, when he goes in the bathroom and he leaves his phone in there, it's, you know, when he 
it's like he decided to just let to accept the mark of Cain when he you mm-hmm. know when he left the, that's when he went and beat the crap out of Gadriel. So yeah. you know, to me it, it was you know it seemed like when he was in the bathroom and he washed his face and he was looking at himself in the mirror, he was like to hell with it. I'm going. I'm going with it. I'm taking. I'm doing what mm-hmm. I feel like doing. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I just wonder, is it making him feel a certain way that he seems to feel like he, take, he needs to take a shower? Because I don't think the Mark of Cain hasn't totally taken over yet. It's, it's, it's moving in, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, having its effect, but it's not 100%. So maybe it's that part of Dean washing is still Dean, but then... You're right, you know, that was totally in, in, in the bathroom. He just went for it. He just thought of everything that Kadriel had done to him and Sam, and he said, I'm just going to turn the Mark of Cain loose a little bit. I was surprised he left his phone. I can't yeah. believe he forgot it. So I wonder, did he leave it on purpose? On purpose, yeah. No. Um, how did you feel about Gabriel's? being back. Love seeing Richard Spade again because, you know, Richard Spade is the hardest working guy in all of Supernatural, I believe. He goes, you know, for those who don't don't go to conventions, he's at every single one of Creation's conventions for for the last couple years because he's the MC. He's at every one and he's there for the entire weekend. You know, a lot of the celebrities, they're only there for the day that they appear, but Richard is there the whole time. So he, it, it was great getting to see him again after all he's done for us at the convention. And as much as I love Trickster and I love Gabriel, and I love Gabriel, but the thing is, I feel like that wasn't really him, you know. So it was. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know if it was really him, but it feels like it wasn't really him. This whole episode is like a big. Use the word mind fuck. Because you don't know what was real and what wasn't. And it's like none of it it was real, but all of it was true. Well, what? Yeah. It was like a cop-out, you know. It's like we got got Gabriel back, but it wasn't Gabriel. So I I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I just know I was glad to see Richard Spade on my screen again. (laughs) Uh Yeah, I mean, it was... It was wonderful, you know, to see him to see him back. But like you say, is it real or not? And I think, of course, when he when Cass finally realizes that it isn't real, that it isn't possibly truly isn't Gabriel, and then he says, you know, well, you know, are you are you alive? And and he just wiggles his eyebrows, you know. So you're meant to think, well, you know, it's it's. Is it for real? Is it true? Is it a one-time only thing? Was it was it Metatron just messing with with his mind and using Gabriel? I I wouldn't. But I thought Gabriel Gabriel was killed by an angel blade. So how could he be alive? Unless, but of course, well, Metatron you know blew out angel fire and he can do all sorts of things that most angels can't. So maybe he I, could be alive. I think they have an easy out for that because, as we know, at the time when Lucifer was killing was killing him, there was two of him because Gabriel has the um, power to copy himself, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was right, you know. So at, at, in that scene, Lucifer was talking to one, 
then he turned around and killed the other um, version of him. So for all we know, the third one, the real one, is somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Both of those could be copies. So yeah, but I was I, yeah I was I was glad to see him again. So I mean, if it does turn out that it's real and and Gabriel is still around, I'm okay with that. It was it was good to see him again, and I liked him I liked him and Cass together too. They were pretty funny. They were yes, they were so good together, and yeah. I. I we didn't get to see them together much, you know, before Gabriel died, you know, if he's dead. Um, but, you know, they're angels, they're brothers. They call, you know, Gabriel called him brothers mm-hmm. right off, you know, in their scenes. And so, yeah, I, re- I really like them together. Mm-hmm. I do too. And I like, I would like Cass to have like an angel equal and Gabriel is an archangel. He's not just mm-hmm. an angel. He's an archangel. Right, right. Yeah. And, and it, was, it was real. I like that we finally got the um, Horn of Gabriel mentioned. You know, we've been talking about yes. it for seasons, and it's finally mentioned. It looks like a bird, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> a, a, funny, a funny bird thing that symbol does. But I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. I liked that part in the angel, the angel symbol that was like an angel siren call was Pretty interesting right, right. too, yeah. And I, I, I don't mind. I don't mind that. I like that, and it, it makes sense to me because we know they're sort of angel radio, and they all kind of communicate, and they don't have all their powers. So this must be on some frequency that that even without a lot of juice, they can still be attracted to it. Um, and I like. I think I don't know yet for sure, but Cass has followers now. He has kind of the beginnings of his own sort of army. And that's another reason I would like to see Gabriel again because he doesn't need just need a bunch of followers, you know. He could use somebody like Gabriel to be like in co-command or something. So, yeah. Um, so it was, it was Metatron who wrote that Cast now has a flock. So I don't know if I should trust them or not. You know? Yeah. And, well, as we saw, it's all part of Metatron's plan. You know, he wrote it to happen to mm-hmm. it happen. But mm-hmm. I thought it was really, really important. Uh, I thought probably the biggest thing we should take away from this episode was when Gadriel asked Metatron, did you plan or make mean for the Winchesters to grab me? And he said, no, a writer always likes a good twist. So right there I thought that was probably... The most important thing, we need to remember that because I think that's how, that's going to be the big thing for how, for the, for mm-hmm. the finale. I think, I think Metatron's going to think he's got this all planned out. And right. Maybe even, and they're going to do something that he doesn't, because as we learned, as we have learned in Swan Song, they chose family and after all, isn't that what, you know, the most important yes. thing? And I think that's how it's going. You know, all the bad guys, Metatron, you know, Lucifer, whoever, they can make their plans. Mm -hmm. They can do what they think. They can do what they think that's going to rule Mm -hmm. the world and win. But Sam and Dean, they always choose the right thing. They always come Mm -hmm. up, you know, and and because it's Sam and Dean, they're the ones who win. So I I think that was the big important thing there. Yeah, and it's like Metatron 
said it was a surprise. So I, like you said, mm-hmm. I think it's very important that Metatron could be surprised. And I think he loves his stories and he loves writing. And like any writer, you know, you, you, follow, you follow your plot, your outline, you stick to it. Maybe you don't make any changes. You figure you're the writer. You can do what you want and make your characters do whatever. But sometimes characters lead you in a different direction than you thought you were going to write them. And I think Metatron's ego is like the size of the universe. Yeah. I think he, yeah. he he thinks he's just invincible. And mm-hmm. usually when you think that, <laughs> that's where you're in trouble because Sam and Dean don't follow they don't follow the outline. They don't follow the tropes, you know, they they choose each other and they they think differently. And they're going to surprise Metatron again. Exactly, exactly. Right. Because you know, no matter what, Metatron may think he's the hero. Blah blah blah. Not when you know. This is the story mm-hmm. of Supernatural. Sam and Dean are the heroes. They are. I don't want to sound sappy, and I want to, and I want to, make, you know, it's, and it's not just in Metatron's story, but overall, Sam and Dean make the sacrifices. They do the things that other people won't do. They mm-hmm. and and because of that, they always they they may not so win and you know and quotey fingers win, but the right thing always happens. They they do the right thing. Oh, yeah. In the end, in the end, and I think that's what mm-hmm. will be the mm-hmm. downfall of Metatron. Yeah, they are they are heroes and they they make the sacrifice, you know, they they make the tough decisions and they and they do what has to be done. Exactly. And Metatron yep. is like you said, his ego's too big, he's too selfish. He's not yeah, he's just in it yeah, he's in it for himself and those who are in it for themselves never win. Nope. Nope. And and I just I want to I want to say it again because maybe if I keep saying it it'll 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 come to be I want to see Sam rescue Dean this time I yes. want to see Sam yes. I want to see Sam I keep coming back to where he says to he says to Cass who's trying to help heal him he says please help me do one thing right and where he tells. Yes. Dean in the church and sacrificed every decision I've made. It's been the wrong one. I I want this decision. Him to think I've made the right decision this time. I'm going to save Dean. I'm going to save my brother and and then do it and succeed I, and, yeah. and and clean. Supernatural's been telling us for years, leading us to think Sam would would save Dean, but then they you know they change it in the end, and I think. Mm-hmm. For Sam and Dean both, Sam needs to save Dean. I think for Sam to know that he did the right thing and he saved his brother, that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. I think for Dean, Dean to know that Sam loves him and is there, mm-hmm. you know, after all the drama and the angst of this season, Sam, Dean needs to know that Sam will do whatever it takes to save him because he will, no matter what he says. Yes. He will do whatever it takes. And yeah. And then for us, the fans, We've been waiting for this since season three, you know, mm-hmm. when Dean went to hell and that whole entire hiatus, we, ex- 
you know, we were all theorizing how is Sam going to save Dean from hell. So many great fan fiction written that, that over that mm-hmm. And then the season, um, fourth season comes up, and Sam doesn't do it. It's Castiel, which, first of all, I'm, I love the creation of Castiel. I'm glad that he's there. Uh, you know, Lazarus mm-hmm. Rising and, and Castiel's appearance is one of the coolest things ever. Yep. But I was disappointed that Sam had nothing to do with it. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I, 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 Sam didn't say, get to save Dean from purgatory. They had Sam not even looking for him. And, you know, so it's like... And that's why I clung to the hope that season that there was something off about Amelia. I thought she was something supernatural. I thought maybe it wasn't real because surely Sam would try and rescue Dean from purgatory. And no, he didn't. And now, you know, he's even said that was the wrong decision. But it was like, it's too hard. I want to see him do it this time. Exactly. They need to, they need to give, they need to let Sam have this moment. They need to have him do the right thing. They need for Dean to see that Sam loves him enough to do the right thing. And us fans, we need to see it too because we've been waiting for us. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It's time. <sighs> That's one um, thing. No matter one thing, I have to say about Supernatural. An episode may disappoint me. Um, a lot of episodes may disappoint me throughout the season. Like this season, I've been kind of disappointed overall. But it always, I always love it. It always makes me think and want things and look forward and mm-hmm. just, you know, make it upset, yeah. make it disappointed. But you all, I always love the show, and I will always be there for it, no matter what happens. And it's just, yeah, yeah. It's and just, you're hopeful. Part. You're hopeful. Exactly. You're hopeful exactly. because hopeful. they've done it before. Again, it's like if you didn't care and you didn't love it, you would be like, eh, and and go watch something else and, and say, oh well, it's it's changed, and I'm fine with walking away. You know, but it's it's not. I just I can't, I can't let go. I, I, I'm hopeful, and again, it's like I, it wouldn't disappoint me so much if I didn't care so much, and because I know they're so capable of, of doing such amazing things. And I'm, I'm not disappointed in this season. I, 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 I do like it overall. I have, I have my ups and downs, but I really do like it overall. And I know there's, there's some people, I have, a, I have a, an LJ friend, and she does fun recaps of Supernatural every week, and she's, She's loving this season. I mean, she's only had a little bit of a complaint, and she said, this season's been awesome. I I love it. And, and then I read her, her posts, and just to kind of remind me, you know, of like, okay, yeah, that's right. That happened, and that was good. You know, I don't want to forget about the good stuff right. either. So there's yeah. plenty of fans out there enjoying it, So which is, a, which is, I, which is awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very glad that, you know, that there are. And there have been so mm-hmm. there have been a lot of episodes that I really liked. I mean, there's been some amazing episodes this season, and then then in some episodes mm-hmm. that I might not have been overall crazy about, there was amazing scenes within those episodes. Even if I'm, mm-hmm. you know, might have been disappointed in the episode overall, there was amazing scenes. Like, you know, in this one, there were some amazing scenes. It's just, you know, it's it's just because uh, you know, like you said, it's because we love it so much. Mhm. Uh, it's just hard to explain, I guess. You know, other 
Yeah, I, I get you it. Know, we all, un- I think y'all understand, right? Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. For sure. Um, I mean, is there is there anything about this like episode? I mean, I'm, <laughs> we, we discussed a lot of stuff. <laughs> oh, we haven't like like. Is there anything else like we need to sort of point out or discuss? You know, having to do with I don't know. Anything, you know what? Little things like I enjoyed. I like I liked Cass having um, his own motel room and Hunter's Wall. Yes, that was <laughs> you awesome. know he got that from Sam and Dean, and the and the whole bit with the honor bar. You know, what's honorable about a bar? Right. About a bar, and Dean says everything. <laughs> and I love that um, Castiel kept his pit mobile. You know, he's still driving the pit mobile, so that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, same crappy car and. What do you think about that um, Metatron put all the pop culture movies and books that he's read in, in Cass's head because Cass wasn't getting any of his jokes? And, of course, the villain loves when his, like, minions laugh at his jokes, so he has to have, he has to have that information in Cass. And at first I thought, oh, that's one of the most fun things about Cass because he never – he's so literal, you know, he doesn't have a clue. But I thought – and then I realized – even though he's got the information, he still doesn't. I right. don't know why. Uh, why building a, a you know an alien space station is important here, and it's like he knows it, but he still can't relate it. So that's good. Right. Yeah. At first, I was disappointed, and like, and it the un- the, the terrible timing. A uh, t-shirt came out on Wednesday <laughs> that we uh, we were promoting for Tea Busters. <laughs> Um, with Castiel on it, and it says, I don't under- I don't get that reference, or I don't understand that reference. And uh-huh. everybody, you know, when we post it, everybody's like, but he does now, you know, and everything. And so, I, yeah, I was at first disappointed at that, because he's not supposed to get that stuff. That's what makes him fun. But, yeah, he knows the information. He still doesn't know how to put it together. He doesn't understand mm-hmm. the importance of Star Wars. He doesn't, you know, so it's it's still good. You know, I wonder. I wonder if that's going to relate back to Metatron somehow. Because just because you have all the information, it doesn't mean you understand it. Like, like just because he has all the information about Sam and Dean, does that mean he's going to know them? That's a good point. That's a really good point. Just because he knows the like that. I'm sorry, my husband's really coming home so with my too. dog barking. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> really okay, think so, so too. Um, <laughs> just because you know Metatron knows Sam, the facts about Sam and Dean, he doesn't know why or understand their feelings, and mm-hmm. he doesn't know why they did things. And that is an could also be a huge thing, a part of his downfall, because he may know what they did, but he doesn't know why they did it. Mhm. Yeah, that's that's how they surprised him. You know, exactly. They, exactly. Yeah, and that was that was such a cool moment when Sam's basically Gadril bait, right? And, right. And and Gadril makes you know a, a one of a one of your basic hunting mistakes. You know, if you know they hunt in partners, you have to know where both of them are. And he just forgot all about Dean <laughs> and and how to look for him. So that was cool. And you know, I felt bad the 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 goofy kind of stoner guy who ran the magic shop, the yeah, head shop, yeah. magic shop. I felt bad he died. I mean, he was goofy. <laughs> Something else. And 
the deals with. Yeah. Um, yep. Anything, anything else? I'm kind of flipping through here. Okay. Talked about a lot. You know, one thing I, I want to mention that doesn't really have anything to do with this episode, but it is supernatural. How fun was the Olive Garden Twitter conversation about Sam and Dean? And oh, that was awesome. The Olive Garden is a Sam and is a supernatural fan. You know, they're they're posting about Sam and Dean and Bobby and Ruby, and yeah, you know, just it was so cool. They named episodes. And and longtime characters and everything. It was it was pretty yeah, fun. and it's very very cool. Yeah, yeah. And if anybody didn't see it and want to go back and look, it's at Olive Garden. So check their check their Twitter feed. It was super fun. And also, I understand that the New York Times article is online only and not in the print version. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, because um, a, a, a friend emailed me earlier and said she gets the print New York Times every day and she had heard about the article and she looked for it and she emailed me and said, is it only online? Because she couldn't find it in the print. So that's – it's still the New York Times, but it would have been nice if it had been the print version as well. But Right. I'll take it. Okay. Anything else about the app? Anything else uh, to do with supernatural news? We need to say. Uh, can't think of anything. Okay. Um, we'll wrap it up, I guess. Uh, thank you to our callers very much. We appreciate you listening and calling and making some very interesting comments and insights. I enjoyed the whole family relationship discussion discussion about sisters. It does give me a little hope and understanding for Sam and Dean. I'm an only kid, so like I don't get it. <laughs> so I appreciate that. <laughs> um, thank you to everybody listening. Uh, we are at blogtalkradio.com forward slash media boulevard. You can go to our website, winchesterrose.com, and find links to this podcast and all of the others as well. You can subscribe through iTunes. Um, please also check out our site for all the supernatural news and follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. We cross-post and cross-reference all the time. Lots of fun stuff. All at Winchester Bros. And I guess that's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to our callers. Yep. Thank you, and good night.